good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, February the 14th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. You know what, folks? Today is National Library Lovers Day. My friend avoids libraries these days. Too many drag queens. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. And Sheila, obviously, there's another day today, and that would be Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, my friend. Oh, David, thank you so much. Um, did you get Lady Menzies some flowers or a card where you paid less than retail for? Well, I'll tell you, um, Lady Menzoid, uh, I woke up to this Valentine's Day card today, and it says, it's Valentine's Day, and you're more adorable now than when we first met. Isn't that isn't that beautiful, Sheila Gunn-Reed? But, of course... Um, I know where she got this Valentine's Day card because I almost bought it for her. And that is Dollarama because what I always <laughs> do is before I read the inside and I'm telling you, whoo, 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 the pro she put on the inside, it would even make John oh. Tory blush. Um, Don't. <laughs> $3.89. And I said, well, nice try, Lady Menzoid. This is from Dollarama. It's $1. Uh, but I got breaking news for that. For all the guys out there that haven't, or, or gals who haven't bought their significant other a uh, Valentine's Day card. And this is why I love Dollarama in terms of, you know, keeping the bills in line, Sheila. Um, they now sell these, like, really swank 3D cards that you Ooh. get at Papyrus or Indigo. And as you can see, when you turn it around, <clears throat> it's $8 is the cost of this card on paper, but what you really pay is $4. So what I'm saying is you can now pretend to be a big shot, you know, high spender, and still you're only paying half price. There you go. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Canada. David, how did we miss this? And it is so timely. <laughs> Today is also extraterrestrial culture day. <laughs> and Think of the kismet that we are in the middle of an alien invasion, obviously, um, that now has come the time for us to appreciate the culture of our soon-to-be alien overlords. And I just want to put it out there that I've been pro-alien for a very long time. I'm anti-invasion, as I tend to be with most things, war included, um, but I'm, I'm, pro, I'm pretty pro-alien alien overlords in case you're listening i'm with you guys <laughs> uh, sheila you have to be less ambiguous when you say pro alien are you pro space alien or pro yes. illegal alien we got plenty of them coming across the border at roxham well, road <laughs> i'm pro illegal or i'm um, anti-illegal alien <laughs> pro extraterrestrial i think is how Thank i would you. put it um but Sorry, I know this is not on the list of things to talk about, but I have to talk about how wild this is because never in my lifetime, and I heard it the other day, a general of the United States was asked in a press conference <laughs> if it could be aliens. And I was like, am I hearing this right? What is happening? And nobody seems to be talking about it. But like, and I was talking to my husband about this the other day because um, I don't know, I, 
I, I know that he would be annoyed by my love of aliens or just not my love of aliens, but my love of like the the idea that aliens could come and well, I guess since Biden's in charge, smite us all. But um, the idea that we've had like disclosed information for at least the last two years of fighter jets encountering these things. And these are fighter jet pilots who are trained to know the difference between a Chinese fighter jet and a MiG when they're going at mock speeds, right? Like, so they are, when they see something weird, they know it's weird. And it's not just one pilot saying it, it's multiple pilots saying it. And that's been like out there. They've been releasing the cockpit video and audio for like two years, sort of priming everybody, I guess, for what I think could be the impending alien invasion. Uh, and that, I don't know if maybe Olivia can bring it up, but it, it was wild, wild listening to somebody ask a general, like, do you think it could be aliens? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? And when they're saying like these things that we're shooting down, not the Chinese spy balloon, but these things that, which by the way, they let traverse the entire like North America and then hang a Larry at Montana and head off. And they're like, no, it's fine. We don't want to be intentionally insightful and just shoot this thing down. These other things that they're encountering, they're like, we got to nuke them. Like right now, get them out of the sky, which makes me um, apprehensive. But when the pilots uh, who are encountering these things, these very recent ones are saying, it made our like equipment go crazy. Um, I think one said he became physically ill. Um, and when they're saying, we don't know how they're staying in the air. Like we, can't, we don't understand the propulsion behind these tic-tac shaped things, which are checking a lot of boxes. If you uh, read up on a lot of this stuff, um, are we like, I don't know if the alien invasion is to distract us from the ecological disaster unfolding in Ohio, or if the ecological disaster unfolding in Ohio is supposed to distract us from the alien invasion. I have no idea what I'm supposed to be distracted wow. from right now. Holy catch 22. But you know, Sheila, where do you stand on uh, the idea that there is other life out there? I mean, I, I'll tell you where I stand. There are what billions of galaxies in the universe. Some would call it the multiverse, that there's actual multiple universes. There are uh, trillions of solar systems and planets. My take is that I cannot believe there cannot be the conditions that we have here in our solar system where there was a planet like Earth in the sweet spot, not too cold, not too hot, that produced the conditions for life to form. Now, I know that might fly in the face of some religions, but I'm just going by, you know, science. I'm actually following real science, not the COVID cootie science we've been uh, forced to endure. Having said that, I don't know if they're on the uh, planet, if they visited. I'm, I'm open-minded to that idea. And I have to say, I know we uh, really dump on Bill Gates, but he might be onto something. He's always spoken out. Was it Bill Gates or Stephen Hawking? I think it might have been. I'm sorry. It was Stephen Hawking. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, you know, Sheila, we have these communications devices that are sending out uh, radio waves across. I don't think we should be doing that. <laughs> yeah, because basically his idea was any species out there that's smart enough to capture those communications and understand it probably... Are very are very much superior to us. So, 
we're telling them exactly where to come. We've got this really nice Garden of Eden here called the planet of Earth. And uh, the next thing you know, we're all enslaved. And uh, well, maybe they'll have some, you know, compassion and allow us to run human casinos, right? Where the aliens can gamble. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What, where, what do, where do you stand on this? You know, I, I've done a lot of thought about it, as I think you can tell. And, you know, I'm always <laughs> careful of like not wandering into heresy country. I don't want to be a heretic. And so I was very concerned with my love of aliens. Not my love. Again, I'm saying this all wrong. Not my love of aliens, but my fascination with the extraterrestrial and the cryptid world. Um, and I was like, is this incompatible with my faith? Should I be like, is this something I've been warned against? And I know that there are other Christians who have a different worldview on this. So bear with me, but this is the Catholic worldview that I'm going to talk about from my own experience. And I think sometimes if you're out there actively trying to summon aliens, you might be careful about what you're inviting in, because I don't think it's always aliens that are coming. You might be inviting something in who, who wants to talk to you and knows that if they behave as though they're an alien, they might get access to you, right? Um, so we have to be careful of the principalities of the air. Um, as the Bible says. But um, also, I was very, as, again, I was very concerned that I was going to do something that was counter to my faith. And so I was like, you know what, I'm turning to Catholic Answers. And wouldn't you know it, Jimmy Aiken, the chief apologist at Catholic Answers, is very fascinated with aliens too. And he says belief in aliens is not incompatible with the Catholic faith. Oh. Um, we just have to look at it through a very Catholic worldview. And one of my favorite Catholics in the conservative sphere, Matt Walsh, he's very excited about aliens. And he's like me. He's willing to narc on everybody who's been anti-alien to our new alien overlord. So, uh, and again, I say this is only through the Catholic worldview of other Christians might have a different opinion on this, but um, so far, so good for me. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, Olivia says she's got the audio of this. And I know we're on a real tangent here. <laughs> Of the audio of this general being asked, hey, do you think it's like E.T. and him saying, I don't know, could be anything. Like, I can't believe I'm hearing this in my lifetime. Anyways, just let's listen. Hey, thanks, Pat. And thanks for doing this. This is for General Van Herc. Uh, because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with the attempt to identify it. Sheila, from a communications point of view, that was the perfect answer. That was the perfect I guess, response. But for me, I'm like, he didn't say no. Like, yeah. he didn't say, no, it's not aliens. And I never thought, again, that I would hear in a press conference with a general, the general being asked if it's aliens. And he's like, maybe. <laughs> what on earth just happened? Let me get on the hotline to Roswell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way. I joked at the beginning of the spy balloon thing when they're like, oh, it's just a weather balloon. And I'm like, oh, they're whipping out the old Roswell excuse. And then a week later, we were invaded by aliens. Yeah, it's funny how uh, Beijing, uh, they need to know what the weather is like in the middle of Montana. Right? Airdrie. It like skimmed past Airdrie. 
Well, we have weather stations there. They report in real time. You can just go on like Environment Alberta and you can see. You don't need a weather balloon. Well, Sheila, before we continue this tangerine, uh, I think you uh, normally uh, tell the folks what it is we are uh, ostensibly trying to do here. Yes, yes. Um, thank you for humoring me, everybody, on this that big tangent into our new alien invasion. Um, <laughs> So this is the Rebel News Daily live stream. It's hosted by David and sometimes co-hosted by me and a rotating cast of characters, I suppose is the right way to put it. Um, we stream on YouTube, but since YouTube is a censorship platform, we are also streaming across other platforms, including two that allow you to support us. So we are on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, Odyssey, and Getter. Those are the five getting better at listing them. But if you want to support the work that we do completely willingly, might I suggest you watch us over on Rumble or Odyssey. They allow for paid chats and uh, you can leave a paid chat and we'll do our best to address those as the show goes on. But it's a great way to support us, but also take the show in your own direction. Wrestle the show back from me and my obsession with aliens and cryptids. There you go. And maybe, you know, so much to discuss today, Sheila, maybe we should uh, talk a little bit more about what is or is not happening in Ohio, just so the folks know, uh, last night, Efren and uh, Lincoln Jay uh, went down the highway and uh, they're now in the U.S. They're now heading towards the um, uh, the derailment site, and uh, which gives me concern because there's all kinds of reports of toxic chemical clouds there. But the thing I want to pursue, Sheila, is um, I'm old enough to remember back in 1979 when there was a train derailment in Mississauga. And boy, that was front page news. Everybody was covering it. I believe it was something like 250,000 people in the area had to be evacuated because there were some serious chemicals in some of the uh, train cars that toppled over. And Yet here we are in 2023 and there seems to be just, um, uh, I don't know, Sheila, I'm getting this vibe of the mainstream media for whatever reason is not very interested in this um, train derailment. And it's more than a train derailment. I alluded to, and you can see it there, uh, toxic chemical clouds and what's happening to the water table. I understand as far away as Virginia, they are concerned about what is seeping in to the water. Um, why is this being brushed off as uh, nothing to see here, folks, Sheila? Well, and the EPA initially was part of the cover-up. I don't want to, maybe cover-up might be the wrong word, but we're a lack of information. Um, at first they said, oh, you know, it's uh, nothing to be concerned about. And then yesterday they listed an additional like 20 uh, chemicals that you should be concerned about that are being released from the site. So, um, yeah, initially they said, you know, it's it's controlled burn, it's no big deal. And now they're saying, you know, once they showed up and started testing drinking water, um, they found additional chemicals. But if you are to believe the EPA, and if we learned anything from Ghostbusters, we should never. <laughs> um, they have simultaneously said oh my god two chemicals including vinyl chloride does anybody remember the bhopal disaster hmm. happened when i was five bhopal india um yes yes a, back a in the early 80s there, 84 um that, that was the plant. union carbide plant right union carbide yeah. yeah and they released a bunch of chemicals and i think 
1,600 people died, but I think it's much, much higher and the long-term fallout was, uh, I think, still ongoing. So initially they said, um, nothing to be concerned about here and you can still drink the water. Um, I can't even believe they lifted an evacuation order. So it says over the weekend, this is from 20 hours ago, over the weekend, East Palestine, they say, police department notified the public via Facebook that Potable Wellwater Task Group was planning to knock on the doors of homes that have been identified as at-risk wells, having at-risk wells in the area. Um, this comes days after officials lifted the evacuation order at a press conference stating the air and water were safe. So last Wednesday, they said everything's fine. Um, and the EPA is saying everything's fine. They said it's literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of data points that we've collected over the time to show that the air quality in the town is safe. Can you just show us that black cloud of chemicals burning again? Like the EPA again, you cannot, they, you're, um, according to these people, your uh, SUV is going to spell the end of the face of the earth, but this doesn't cause any air quality problems at all. Um, and now they're collecting drinking water samples. Uh, more than 400 residents have requested indoor air monitoring, monitoring at their homes for vinyl chloride and other chemicals from the derailment. Vinyl chloride is so bad, so bad. It's one of the reasons they, um, really don't want it in the building code anymore for vinyl siding is because if firefighters show up to fight a vinyl, like a house fire, and it's very hazardous to their health. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nor South Norfolk County offered residents $1,000 in the first few days after the derailment when they were evacuated. And I don't know. But They're already filing lawsuits against the company, I guess, but it, simultaneously the EPA is saying everything's safe. So these people have to pick a lane. Is it safe or is it not safe? Because there's lawsuits, <laughs> yeah. but, and you're giving people money to be evacuated. Um, there's a big smoke cloud that we can see, um, but that doesn't affect the air quality. They're like even just uh, the particulate, let's say, let's, even if we say the chemicals aren't killing you, there are particulates in the air related to this fire that would limit the air quality around the blast site, but no, I guess not. Sheila, here's the thing. This is a big story. Um, as the saying goes, if it bleeds, it leads. What is your, I don't know, hypothesis why so much of the mainstream media just can't be bothered to give this story the coverage it uh, deserves? And by the way, that is precisely the reason uh, Lincoln and Efren are going down to uh, ground zero there to find out what's going on, who's who in the zoo and so on. Um, I think it is because uh, this is Joe Biden's green EPA dealing with this. And ah. Pete, Pete Buttigieg, whose only um, credentials for being the well, the transportation czar, I was going to say the transportation minister, but they don't have that in the United States. But his only cred credentials for being that is um, being a gay dad. I think he checks a lot of identity boxes, but I don't think he has any expertise in being in charge of the transportation system in the United States. Um, in fact, he, how long was he on paternity leave as like the supply chain just, just descended into absolute chaos in the United States. And everyone was like, oh, I, I don't think we've seen Pete Buttigieg in a year. Um, and now we're 
this massive train derailment happens. And instead of cleaning up the chemicals, which, you know, by the way, the oil industry does a pretty good job of managing chemical spills. Maybe they should have talked to them instead of the EPA. Um, they do this controlled burn in a residential area. And he's not around to talk about it. In fact, uh, I think we have a video of what's on Pete Buttigieg's mind these days. Yeah. Basically, race-based construction protocols. This guy's unbelievable. Why don't we play that video? To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Uh, you know, so not, even, not even a peep about the train derailment. Um, and it's funny, these people talk about diversity, but they never talk about diversity when it comes to garbage pickup <laughs> or like the things that men largely do, longshore, fishermen, stuff like that. This man's an idiot, Sheila. I mean, I know. what if, what if <laughs> yes. we had a construction company that is more racially diverse than the community they're going into, right? So say it's a predominantly white community, but you've got Asians and black people and brown people. Is Pete Buttigieg suggesting that you lay off some of the visible minorities and pack them, pack the company with white people to blend in with the predominantly white community? What, what in blue hell does race have to do with construction projects? And again, Sheila, I'm getting really tired of a white male complaining about too much white maleness. It, Pete is a white man, as far as I can tell. Why doesn't he step down and give somebody more diverse his position? Pretty privileged too, by the way, that he could take like a year off in the middle of a supply chain crisis to be yeah. at home with his little one. Um, but, but yeah, not like there's a train derailment. Um, excuse me, Mr. Transportation Secretary. There's a major train derailment that the world is looking at. Uh, well, everybody except the mainstream media, and he doesn't have anything to say about it. It's it's insane. He's more worried about um, construction companies hiring the people who apply because um, construction is one of those places where quotas don't work. Um, you have to hire the people who are able to do the job with the skills that they have. You can't just impose a quota on them. It's not academia where you can just fake it <laughs> to get through um, and just pass your crazy ideas along to the students. This is actual like tangible skills and you can't fake those things. Yeah. Isn't it amazing, uh, Sheila? Uh, now, in addition to learning, you know, plumbing, electrical work, I guess construction companies have to teach their employees critical race theory. I guess so. I guess so. Um, you know, I, I have no idea. Uh, we've got an entire generation that doesn't know how to use a power drill. And <laughs> this is what we're worried about. Um, let's go staying on the topic of what on earth is going on in Ohio. Um, we've got this video of a woman finding all of her chickens dead and she's 10 miles from East Palestine. 
So I walked up to the cage and this this is what I found. Amanda Brashears was going to feed her five hens and rooster this morning when she discovered them all lifeless, practically in the same position with no signs of a predator entering their enclosure. I'm beyond upset and quite panicked because this they they may be just chickens, but they're family. Brashear says her chickens were alive and well yesterday. She believes the smell following the detonation of the train carrying chemicals that derailed in East Palestine is to blame for her bird's sudden death. My video camera footage shows my chickens were perfectly fine before they started this burn. And as soon as they started the burn, my chickens slowed down and they died. If it can do this to chickens in one night, imagine what it's going to do to us in 20 years. So I walked well, that's a shame, Amanda Sheila. Brashear. I mean, um, yeah, it looks like there's a lot of evidence there, I would say, that suggests that the derailment and the contents of those chemical cars uh, made those chickens die. Other than that, it's one hell of a cosmic coincidence that, you know, they all came down with some kind of a bug uh, just after the uh, train derailment. Uh, this makes you wonder what the potential long-term effects are going to be for the human beings in the area, Sheila. Yeah, where's the EPA to test those chickens? Like, I know a little bit about chickens, and they do, they are susceptible to um, contagious diseases that will tear through a coop, right? Um, so that does happen, but it seems to have happened pretty quickly here. The chickens seemed fine. They don't, they don't actually look sickly. Chickens that look sickly, they're their feathers look like garbage and they're, mm. you can tell a sick chicken, right? Um, but she's not the only person reporting animals dying. Uh, there's a guy who keeps foxes in his yard. You know, I've, I've heard stories how easily you can train a fox actually, which makes sense. They're a cousin to the dog. Um, my father-in-law tells me a story of how they tamed a fox on a, a drilling lease. But anyways, um, he keeps foxes in his backyard and he said the foxes are sick. He's like, all of a sudden they've got like watery eyes and they're, oh, he actually keeps them in a cage. I just thought he like tamed some wild ones by putting out things to feed. Um, but no, he's actually turned um, a fur coat into a pet here. Um, so, but he said his foxes are just like sick and not doing well. Um, because they're outside. And again, like, uh, what about the elderly? What about kids? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I tend not to believe the government's lying about any of this. And I'm so glad that Efron and Lincoln are there to tell the other side of the story. Um, because there's so few people that are on the ground to report. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can't help but think, Sheila, 9-11, uh, so many of the first responders that responded to the scene and then later uh, developed cancer. I mean, you think of all the kind of synthetic things that were in those twin towers that were being incinerated and all that, you know, toxic cloud that these responders were, were breathing. Uh, that can't be good for you. That can't be good for your lungs, your body, your cells. So um, maybe this information and I hope it doesn't uh, happen this way. Maybe it's going to come out in the months and years ahead that suddenly a lot of people in that area of the derailment start getting sick. I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but again, uh, I go back to my original question, Sheila, and I hate to be repetitive. 
Isn't this all the more reason why there should be more mainstream media journalists there asking the hard questions, uh, doing the reporting? And uh, as far as there's a, a bizarre sidebar story to this, it was a an independent journalist that got manhandled and arrested yep. for trespassing at a press conference. Um, from what I could tell, he was causing no kind of disturbance. No. And that's pretty serious. Like, we're used to that here in Canada. But in Ohio, uh, the First Amendment applies. Um, and why why was there that overreaction to this individual? Um, it, it's it, Any thoughts on that, Sheila? Well, because he asked a question. Um, and you're not allowed to ask questions at these press conferences. You're just supposed to act as a stenographer for the Biden administration and the EPA. I was just, by the way, people, I'm not distracted when David's talking. He's in my ear. He's not actually in the room with me. Um, so, so when I'm looking around, it's because I have to monitor to make sure that I'm still connected to everything because I don't have an Olivia in the room. It's just me. But as David was talking there, I was looking up what vinyl chloride does to you if you're exposed to it. Okay. And, and this is one of the reasons why they don't want it in the building code anymore is because exposure to vinyl chloride gas um, or when you burn vinyl, um, it releases toxins into the atmosphere, dioxins and stuff like that. But vinyl chloride is considered a carcinogen and like a serious one. And uh, we'll, I suppose we'll know soon enough um, if it is affecting the people there because it is associated with a very rare form of liver cancer, hepatic angiosarcoma, which means that, um, I guess we'll know um, if there are these cancer clusters as around these toxic sites, they get cancer clusters of a very specific form of cancer. Um, well, I guess we'll know um, as long as the government doesn't bury that either. Um, I was looking also to see if this is considered a schedule one toxin in Canada, do, meaning do we consider vinyl cancer causing vinyl chloride as dangerous as we do single use plastics? Huh. Interesting. You know, Sheila, it just shows you how much there is to learn from the fairy tales of our childhood. Um, and we certainly should have learned from the three little pigs that you build your house with bricks. Okay, not any kind of vinyl products. And then you don't have to worry about that just in case you have a fire. But I, I digress. I think we have to take our first ad break. And yes. uh, so folks, uh, you know what? Before we go to the ad break, can we please just show the crazy libs of TikTok video? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, it's madness. Let's just show that. And then we'll go to the ad break. I see so many people talking about the train derailment at East Palestine, Ohio. And all I'm going to ask is that if you do this, you get your facts right. I literally grew up right down the road from East Palestine. Um, my old childhood best friend lives in the fucking town. Um, my current best friend literally lives right next to the town. Ah, okay. It is so much worse than what the media is telling any of us. I'm getting reports from people that are down there right now that they're literally seeing schools of fish floating down streams, rivers, fucking dead. I got a video from my friend, okay, 
and she's like walking, dude. It's all fucking dead. All fucking dead. And on the top of the water is a really pretty chemical rainbow sheen. The chemicals are in the fucking water and they're lying to the rest of the country saying they're not. The water's been contaminated. The soil's been contaminated. The fucking air is contaminated. You literally are about to see some of the worst fucking health side effects coming out of people in that town. It's not even funny. And y'all want to know something even more fucked up? The restaurant that I work at in a whole different state had to donate food to them because we had people from the churches calling to tell us that Red Cross never fucking came, FEMA never fucking came, the environmental con- con- conservationists still have yet to fucking come, and nobody's fucking helping them. Meaning all of the fucking firefighters that were working get no food, have nothing to help them, nothing. Okay, all the people that were displaced have no food, water, a place to stay, none of that shit. It is so much worse than what they're telling you, and TikTok probably won't even let me post this video, but if this video gets posted, please save it and repost it everywhere you fucking can, because I'm telling y'all, they are covering this I think that's good. Um, so, I don't know how much of that is true or not, um, it speaks to government ineptitude um, in the face of a crisis, which I'm inclined to believe, but we don't know if it's true or not. That's just her talking. And that's why we sent Lincoln and Efron down there to get the other side of the story. Um, and it's it's interesting to me to see somebody like that all of a sudden say the government is lying about the facts of what's unfolding. But that person was probably scolding you if you walked the wrong way in the grocery store and didn't follow the lines. I just, it's funny to see people just have a quick come to Jesus moment. And I don't know if I should say I told you so, or just let them become baby skeptics without my help uh, and try to be a little bit kind. I don't know. I, I love a good, I told you so sometimes. No, that, that is a good point. And uh, <laughs> she like can hardly wait uh, to see what uh, Efren and Lincoln report uh, from the ground. Uh, we're going to try to bring you as many answers as possible, folks. So yeah, stay tuned. And, and we let's let's remember our guys are putting themselves in danger. Like they don't know what's going on. Like I sent a message to Efron last night. I'm like, please, my God, whatever you do, please drink bottled water. Like yeah. and make sure you're wiping everything before. Bring your own food down if you can. Like packaged food, um, because like they don't really know what they're getting into. They don't know what's happening we can't get a straight story out of the government who says oh it's fine and you don't have to evacuate and then but fish are dead and chickens are dead and fox are sick so um you got we got to give our uh kudos to the guys for being willing to go down there without knowing anything about what's going on and by the way folks in case you're saying hey menzies why isn't your candy ass down there well i asked that I of miss chief reporter sheila gunn reed and uh, the answer was uh, she doesn't think i'm physically fit enough to outrun <laughs> a chemical cloud that's you know? what i said i'm looking out for you david he did this exact conversation called and he said sheila why didn't you guys send me and i said David, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't think you could outrun a gas cloud. And then he said something like, well, if this were a, a cartoon or whatever you call those uh, comic, oh, comic book, comic book. Yeah, that's exactly where David's mind went. If this is a comic book, the gas cloud would give me superpowers. And I'm like, that is exactly why you're not going right there. 
It's so true, folks. You get bitten by a radioactive spider, you become, in the comic book world, Spider-Man with all these great superpowers. In the real world, uh, you get cancer and die a prolonged, painful death. So maybe yes. Sheila Gunn Reed did the right thing. But as I said in rebuttal, I could have brought my bicycle. Uh, that would have uh, evened out the... Uh... No, my concern is twofold. You could A, not outrun the gas cloud or to run towards the gas cloud. And so I'm like, no, he's not the right man for the job. <laughs> I sure hope Lincoln and Efron don't see this because <laughs> no wonder what value they have in the company. That you I feel are like potentially... Lincoln's got strong cardio. No, I feel like I'm confident in his physical fitness. Um, let's That's go right. to the first rule of Zombieland, by the way, Sheila. Cardio. That's right. For obvious uh, reasons. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the ad break that we are way overdue and we're, I mean, we've got gas clouds and aliens out of the way. Let's try to get to some real news. Let's hit the ad break, though. Okay. I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis when violent and fanatical men are attempting to destroy the unity and the freedom of Canada. But after weeks of dangerous and unlawful activities, after weeks of people being harassed in their neighborhoods and small businesses forced to close, as democracy flourishes in Canada, we don't always agree, and that's okay. Because individual liberty is cherished in Canada. Our government will always defend freedom of expression and freedom of peaceful assembly. It has now been demonstrated to us by a few misguided persons. After evidence of increased ideologically motivated violent extremism activity across the country. Just how fragile a democratic society can be. It became clear that local and provincial authorities needed more tools to restore order and keep people safe. These are matters of the utmost gravity, and I want to tell you what the government is doing to deal with them. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act. The public's legitimate right to know why the government proclaimed an emergency and whether the actions it took were appropriate. It is our view that there was no justification whatsoever to invoke the Emergencies Act. It's so tough to watch. There's no reason for that. They were literally running the horses through the crowd. The police came straight to me and he targeted me and he, he, he took his gun of tear gas and he actually shot me directly in my legs. Was it worth invoking the Emergencies Act, ma'am, to trample on the rights and freedoms of Canadians? Why do you think excessive honking means means that the government should strip citizens away from their rights. Our next and final witness is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Order a lot. Well, Sheila Gunn-Reed, when you think of the Trudeaus, you automatically think of Ottawa. And uh, right now in Ottawa... Wait, this... before we go ahead, before yes. we go ahead, we should acknowledge that this is the day that Trudeau um, invoked the Emergencies Act and never before used counterterrorism law on bounty castles and hot tubs and boisterous street parties in the very boring city of Ottawa. Um, but 
I want to tell everybody, if you have missed your chance to get tickets to see Trudeau on trial in person in Calgary, because our theatrical premiere sold out like that, um, we added two more showings. And I got to tell you, you got to act like fast now. Um, if you want tickets for the first Edmonton showing, I think it's limited to a hundred or just under a hundred seats for this one. It's our, um, one of our favorite things to do and it's dinner in a movie. So you want to have a date, <laughs> you want to let us take care of everything. It's all in one spot. We, uh, rent out a spot at buffet Royale, very wonderful family run free speech minded, uh, restaurant just outside of Edmonton. They stood up to the Chinese consulate when they protested Ezra's book launch. Oh, yes. um, we had like the Chinese consulate was literally protesting on the steps of this restaurant and the owner's like, so what? Like, he, he didn't care. He's great. Um, and um, so we've booked them again for this and it's all you can eat, excellent food, excellent service, plus the movie, plus a Q&A. If you go to Trudeau on trial right now, you can get your tickets. Um, buy them today for Valentine's Day and take your lady friend out a week from now. It's actually on family day here in Alberta. It's on the 20th of February, that one is. And then after that, I think it's March, is it the 8th or the 6th? Let's Eight. double check. 8th. Okay, so the next showing after that in Alberta is March 8th. Um, this is a little bit more uh, cost-effective. We kept the price low on this one. Um, it's more of a family event. We'll make sure that there's like a, a very P as PG as possible version of the movie. It's at Church in the Vine in Edmonton. We love Church in the Vine. They stood up to the Alberta government during the lockdowns. They got an $80,000 fine for it, but we love supporting them and they care about free speech and they care about being able to speak what's on your mind. And so they're showing this video for us. Um, that's on March 8th. And if, again, if you want tickets for that, um, and again, that's more of a, like a family friendly price point, you can take the kids, it's PG, um, older kids, I mean, the little ones might get bored, but um, anyways, the, go to trudeauontrial.com right now. And especially if you want that first Edmonton showing, um, don't sleep on it because you will think about it till Friday and then wake up and those tickets are gone. You know, Sheila, I was wondering, why that name of that restaurant, uh, Buffet Royale, rang a bell, and uh, you brought it all <laughs> back to me. That that had to be one of the most pathetic protests in the history of protests. Those they didn't even know why they were there. <laughs> Pardon me? They didn't even know why they were there. I was like, did you read the book? <laughs> no. Like, what are you doing here? You're protesting a book? Go do that in Beijing. Good luck to you, by the way. <laughs> we're protesting in Beijing. But yeah, if you want to go burn books, go to Beijing. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness and you know well here uh this just in from the city of ottawa i.e the paranoia capital of our great dominion uh parking restrictions are in place today extra law enforcement is going to be uh, downtown um ottawa police service buy a calendar it's february 2023 not february 2022 uh they're actually thinking sheila and this speaks volumes about how still, how pathetic their intelligence gathering is. But there's, they're thinking that there's going to be, I don't know, Trucker Convoy 2.0 appearing because this is the anniversary day. I mean, the logistics and the amount of internet and radio and phone chatter about getting a 
um, bunch of 18-wheelers to go back down to Wellington Street. Uh, no, it's not going to happen. And yet they're pretending that it might just happen. Sheila, am I missing something here? Are you anticipating a new trucker convoy on the anniversary of the Emergencies Act being invoked? No, because the city of Ottawa also upped the fines for what they call an illegal protest or whatever. I mean, it's enormous sum of money. Um, but I suppose you want to be perceived to be actually doing something. Um, and if, if anything came out of the Public Order Emergency Commission, it's the absolute ineptitude and chaos that unfolded at the Ottawa City Police um, during the convoy. It's why the OPP got involved. They just it, it's not as though the truckers were unruly uh, because if they were unruly, they could have taken the place over. I mean, every level of police were vastly outnumbered by the truckers. Um, thank God the truckers were uh, peaceful and well-behaved. Mm -hmm. But the Ottawa City Police was plagued with dysfunction, and now they have to be perceived to be the keepers of order in the city. Um, and I'm not sure why, because there have been really no convoys threatened whatsoever. I mean, who wants to get emergencies acted again? <laughs> who wants their bank account frozen again? That's a pretty big deterrent. Um, and not, and I'm not saying it's right, but it is a big deterrent to keep, which is exactly why Justin Trudeau did it, by the way, to yep. keep people out of the nation's capital. A hundred percent, boy. Uh, but what, and, and, but you got to wonder about the cost of this, Sheila, all this extra policing for nothing. Uh, but I guess, what am I saying? Ottawa, as if, as if there's any fiscal responsibility <laughs> in that town. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I think did. they have like a $60 billion climate plan. Like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry. You think they care about a little bit of police overtime? Oh. I'm, 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 this is not a fiscally accountable city in general, um, but specifically the city council. Which is a great way for us to dovetail into this, which is email show Trudeau... Ministries office quashed details of a $6,000 a night London suite. Sheila, first of all, what is the most expensive hotel you've ever stayed in? I can't even imagine 6000 I can't even imagine 1000 or half of a thousand. I don't think I've paid uh, even $500 for a hotel. I'm, I'm really trying to struggle with the highest I paid, probably in the two-something mark. Who the blue hell is going around in the government spending $6,000 a night? And again, I, I go back to uh, beloved Bev Oda, who was crucified mercilessly for spending $16 of taxpayer money on a glass of orange juice. That, my friends, is chump change. But what is this uh, weird uh, kind of uh, cover-up going on, Sheila? They won't say who stayed in the room, although I'm pretty sure we know. Um, <laughs> but this has been ongoing for, for, well, not forever, but since October, I think when the story broke, um, that when, there, when the federal government is now, like they found the expenses, which are publicly available, but you gotta look. Um, but it shows that like when, and then when, like, for example, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation asked, and they said, who is staying in this $6,000 a night room? By the way, Google what a $6,000 a night room looks like. I did. Um, they won't say 
who stayed there. And even worse, and this is for the queen's funeral, by the way. Um, but um, apparently the real cost was more like $7,000 a night, according to the Toronto Sun. And um, we don't know if it's the governor general, Mary Simon. Oh, no, we do know. Rito Hall confirmed that the governor general, Mary Simon, was not the occupant. But that was as close as anyone got to an answer. Trudeau refuses to answer the question when it was put to him in the House of Commons. Um, while his office denied media questions about the matter via email. And so um, they still won't say. They just they just won't say. They're blowing money, $6,000 a night. And you know, even if it was Trudeau, which it probably was, why won't they just tell us? Just yeah, tell really. us. Like, it, it's already hanging around your neck like a millstone. Just say it. You know, how perverse, Sheila, remember some eight years ago, 2015, Justin Trudeau, newly elected, Sunny Ways, Sunny Ways, that speech where he promised this was going to be the most transparent federal government in Canadian history. It, it, it's, the, it's the precise opposite. And you know that more than anyone, Sheila, when you get your FOIs in and you see the amount of redacted <laughs> information. Uh, and, and now you run into this. It's absolutely despicable. And um, speaking of money, uh, well, talk about uh, the never-ending story, or should I call it the never-ending Tory, um, Toronto Mayor John Tory, who, who uh, was exposed. Let's hit an ad break before we, sorry to cut you off. Let's hit an ad break, because uh, I think it's my job to make sure we hit these. Uh, let's hit an ad break before we go into uh, John Tory's never-ending story. <laughs> okay, then. If you want to look good and shine like me, you can do so at our store. Go to ribbonnewstore.com. On this website, you have so much different style to wear as this one, my favorite one, Justin Castro. With my code Alexa10, you will have 10% off on your next purchase. So don't hesitate. Go now and look so good like me. Because it is Valentine's Day, can I uh, walk an HR tightrope there and say Alexa looks so cute in that uh, merchandise. She kind of looks like a French-Canadian Gap girl or something like that. <laughs> I can? Good. It'll do. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> okay, let's talk about John Tory. If there's anything new since yesterday. Sounds like he um, he resigned, but he didn't resign because he wants to stick around until uh, he presides over the next budget meeting. So I guess the big resignation mea culpa was kind of all just for show because he's still doing the business of governance in Toronto, though he no longer seems to have the confidence of the people to be doing these things. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Is he a control freak? What's in this budget that he wants to make sure gets passed? That's immediately my question. Well, I think John Tory, you know, is abiding by the slogan, uh, this looks like a job for Superman, which is, you know, to get this budget uh, approved. It's so important. And it is important. I, 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 I don't uh, uh, belittle it. Um, but I think, you know, this is the beginning of a changing dynamic, uh, Sheila. Um, I was listening to all kinds of chatter on talk radio on the way down to Rebel News headquarters. And um, there are those close to the mayor uh, whispering in his ear, can you just unresign? Um, you know, 
maybe you did this uh, too hastily. I'll say this. I bet you, as long as his family is okay with him taking back that resignation, I think he'll be back there. Um, however, the family saying, no, 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 you've got a lot of repairing to do uh, with uh, the people in your family for that dalliance, uh, then he won't come back. But, you know, Sheila, it reminds me, I know you're a Seinfeld fan. Do you remember George Costanza? He gets fired from some company on a Friday, and then he just comes to work on Monday. He shows up yeah. like nothing's happened. Yeah. John Tory is George Costanza. Uh, he has quit, but he hasn't left the building figuratively and literally he's in his office overlooking Nathan Phillips Square which if you recall folks three years ago he allowed to get taken over by some crackpot group called Afro-Indigenous Rising breaking all kinds of trespass charges and then six security and police on oh what was it oh yeah the media for exposing yeah. uh this disgrace you know what what what, what a disgrace John Tory is but I don't know. Uh, Sheila, if you were a betting gal, um, what do you bet on? Do you think John Tory uh, might listen to those around him begging him to stay put? And also, I, I guess it's a sad commentary of the world in which we live, that a, a sexual scandal, that's no big deal these days. Um, sure didn't make so many other politicians in recent decades uh, step down. What do you think is going to happen here? I don't know. I, you know, it just shows how shameless John Tory is. <laughs> By the way, wasn't he elected on returning respectability to oh, the yes. mayor's office? Yeah, that was his thing. Like, Doug or Rob Ford was just so darn embarrassing. Yep. Kind of thought he was interesting, uh, but <clears throat> a man with his his warts and all. At least he didn't um, tell other people how to live their lives. He just wanted everybody to be left alone. Yep. Unlike John Tory. Um, but where is this man's sense of shame? Again, maybe it's because I'm Catholic and we think of shame as like this thing that stops you from doing bad things. And um, but he, he doesn't appear to have any. Like if you stood up on a podium and said, I've done this horrible thing to my family and and breached the behavior code of the city. Which I'm not sure if he did or not, but I mean, it's still sort of unpalatable behavior for a guy in charge to have an affair with a 31 year old underling while he, as I described it, looked like a um, women's field hockey coach named Barbara <laughs> because he wasn't cutting his hair then. Um, if he did this thing, which he admitted to doing and stepped down, then step down and go away. And I don't want to see your face for a very long time and a normal person would not want to show their face. And then you have John Tory. Well, you know, Sheila, um, I did a little monologue yesterday uh, to get a couple of things off my chest about this. And, you know, yes, you're right. Um, cheating on your wife, never a good thing. Um, but what really struck me was the timeline. We're looking at 2020 and 2021 the height of the pandemic, and I, I welcome our viewers to uh, go check out uh, that monologue, but the Coles Notes version is this. Here's a guy that walled off High Park, um, mm -hmm. literally Berlin Wall style, so that uh, citizens could not sniff the cherry blossoms. Here's a guy that had bylaw paint social distancing circles uh, at Trinity Bellwoods Park 
threatening uh, Torontonians with an $880 ticket if they exceeded the number of people in their social distancing circle, yet turned a blind eye uh, to a, um, a tent city full of dangerous people and dangerous animals, as we found out the hard way. Um, masking, social distancing, uh, even advocating, even stealing a play from Gavin Newsom, the horrible governor of California, saying when you're out eating, um, mask up between bites. <laughs> Can you imagine? And all yeah. this was based on science. All this was based on let's curb the, can uh, the pandemic. You know, two weeks to flatten the curve, which became two months, two years, and just too much. And all the while, with all this masking and social distancing um, preaching, under penalty of law, I might add, this guy is doing some horizontal jogging with a underling at uh, City Hall. I mean, I don't think, Sheila, maybe I'm wrong, I don't think you can carry out a sexual affair and social distance at the same time. I think those are two things that are diametrically opposed. And we saw people lose their businesses. Mom pa business had to shut, but the big guys like Costco, no, business as usual. We saw what John Tory did to protesters, literally at the mm -hmm. town square, Young Dundas Square, arresting them for standing alone, waving a, a Canadian flag. We saw what happened to Adam Skelly, the owner of Adamson Barbecue. Uh, serving up uh, the best barbecue in town. But that was apparently uh, too much of an ask when it came to the COVID cootie file. And yet this guy all the while was playing naked twister with a staffer where there was zero masking, zero social distancing. That, my friend, is what really grinds my gears. Maybe they were wearing masks and doing it through a plastic sheet or a tarp or whatever Teresa Tam told people to do when oh, they were geez. getting busy. Whatever she said, it was something. I, I remember, but I word. dare not say it. Yeah, I don't even want to use the word. It was gross. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what? there's another scandal in all of this that really bothers me. And it is the fact that he is a man rich enough to send his wife to the free state of Florida to escape the lockdown he imposed in Toronto. So it's fine for the little people, but he knew it was cumbersome and bad and cramping uh, his wife's style. Also, he probably wanted to get her out of town, but she goes off to the free state of Florida to live out the pandemic. If it was so bad in Florida where there were almost no restrictions whatsoever, would a guy send his wife there? No. Um, but she got to leave while Toronto got locked down. And I think that's also a scandal in all of this is that these rich people live a different life than the rest of us while imposing their restrictions on us. We see this at Davos, we see this at the UN, but we also see it in Toronto. You know what, Sheila, uh, you make an excellent point there. And the other funny thing, don't you think, is that everything you just said, everything I just said two minutes ago, um, you're not seeing reported in the mainstream media as this being, you know, the, a, a terrible thing about this affair, because most members, as far as I can tell, the mainstream media, Sheila, are cheerleaders for all these. Yes. You know, you, you still see reporters out there 
wearing those face diapers. What? It's 2023 again, like the Ottawa Police Service. Buy a calendar. You don't need that anymore unless it's all about virtue signaling, i.e. this is a sign that I support big government, big lockdowns, big crackdowns. Is that what it is? It, it's not science-based anymore. I call them NDP lawn signs for your face <laughs> at this point. <laughs> That's what they are. I know how you're voting if you're still wearing a mask um, and you're not <laughs> otherwise ill. Like if you're not undergoing chemotherapy or whatever and you're just out there wearing a mask, that's an NDP lawn sign for your face. Um, let's go to, we just got a clip in from the guys who are on the ground already investigating oh, in o Ohio. I want to go to something else first uh, because uh, this really uh, sort of, is in the vein of the thing, what I'm always saying people to do, get married, have kids. You might not have everything you want, but you will ultimately be happier than alone. Um, it's your biological imperative to pair up and have children. And, and uh, like, if you want to impose your worldview on a child, have one of your own. Don't do it to <laughs> mine, you childless marms. Um, so speaking of childless moms, Chelsea Handler, who I am informed is some sort of comedian. Do we say comedian now or is it comedian? Um, but anyways, apparently somebody says she's funny. I'm not convinced. Um, and she has a, what is described as a gross and depressing TikTok. You know what? If you are, you know what I was, I have a TikTok account. I've never used it. But if you are a serious individual on TikTok at her age, you know what? I will agree with the gross and depressing description already. Let's listen to it, though. This is a day in the life of a childless woman. I wake up at 6 a.m. I remember that I have no kids to take to school, so I take an edible, masturbate, and go back to sleep. I wake up at 12.30 p.m. and get ready for a busy day of doing whatever the f*** I feel like. I put on my most impractical and stylish shoes since I won't be chasing a child around the grocery store. I go to my fave spot in Paris to grab a croissant. I do a meditation sesh on the plane since I have no screaming kids, allowing me all the time in the world to become enlightened. The weightlessness of my existence has granted me superhuman powers. I teleport myself back home. Then I get ready for a night out with whatever hot guy I met on Raya that morning. I call up a babysitter and tell her that I don't need her since I still don't have kids. Now it's time for a workout, so I hit Mount Everest for a quick climb. I invent a time machine, go back in time and kill Hitler. Freeze, you bastard! It's amazing what you can do when you have this much free time. And that's a day in the life of a childless woman. Sheila, given that that is supposed to be comedy, where was the punchline? I guess I'm the punchline uh, in her joke. Um, I might not be as rich or as wealthy as her or as well-traveled as her, but I guarantee you I'm happier and more fulfilled in my life than she is. Um, I think the lady doth protest too much, don't mm. you? Um, and what she's talking about there is the basic tenet of Satanism, right? Like do what thou willst, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Hedonism it's fine. Uh, just do what makes you happy. And, um, but again, I'm, I don't know why I'm talking about this a lot, but I think it's because Lent is right around the corner and that's suffering season for us Catholics. Um, but we see value in, in 
discomfort and suffering, that it sort of brings us closer to God. Um, and sacrifice, we like we see self-sacrifice in benefit of future generations as a good thing. This woman obviously does not. Uh, my friend um, has a, a phrase to describe women like this. And she says, oh, that's the kind of girl that just has abortions, not babies. And that's what we see with Chelsea Handler. And you know what? I'm I might be talking from personal experience here um, that having children does lead you to a more fulfilled life, but science backs me up here. Um, the number of children and the prevalence of later life happiness is directly correlated. The more children you have when you're old, the happier you are. Um, childlessness and the psychological well-being of older women. For women, loneliness is also relatively high among childless persons. They say it's at 26%. Um, the impact on motherhood on the course of women's depression, um, it's up to 30% if you're childless. Um, is childless being detrimental to a woman's health? The statistics say yes. Um, let me just go to this one. Childless women. This is from, and this is not just like, oh, you know, like the, uh, the, the church did this study or um, one of the like uh, more pro-life organizations did this study. No, this comes from academia. Um, so it's from the University of Pennsylvania, which uh, they did a study that found that childless women are 46% more likely to report high depression compared to mothers. Among both men and women, being formerly married is related to greater loneliness, so being divorced, obviously, and depression, but uh, the results demonstrate the greater salience of, of childlessness for women compared to men. So if, like, and it, it just makes sense. If you have children to visit you in the nursing home, you're going to be less lonely and less depressed. And there might be a selfish reason to have kids. But for me, I had I have an army now of three people who are taking my values out into the world and are proselytizing my values to their friends and family and leading by example. And um, Chelsea Handler doesn't have that. She will live a self-indulgent lifestyle until she disappears from the face of the earth leaving nothing behind but a Netflix special that nobody watched. And you know something, Sheila, uh, what I found funny, and when I use the word funny, I mean this in perversely amusing, there's that scene where she goes back in time some 80 years ago and kills Hitler uh, with a gun. And uh, I just quickly went through uh, social media and um, there's all kinds of um, videos and statements Here's one. Chelsea Handler, are you still okay with guns being legal? Yeah, so I knew she'd be anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment, but for her little fantasy video, yeah, when you go back in time and you're up against uh, the Fuhrer, that gun came in pretty bloody convenient for her, didn't it, Sheila? Yeah, I mean, she's perfectly happy with ending the life of an innocent child. Um, before it's ever born, convicting it of the crimes of its mother, I suppose, or its father for that matter. Um, but yeah, she's against guns. Anyways, what, just what an awful, miserable, horrible, <laughs> barren woman who will just one day disappear and leave nothing behind. Again, I say, except, um, I don't know, empty prescription pills, wine bottles, and I don't know, impractical <laughs> shoes. Do you seem to care about those? I just... I don't know. Who, Sheila, please, who, it's Valentine's Day. 
Well, that's the thing. It is Valentine's Day. And so this hedonistic, horrible woman, and she's out there basically selling this as a great thing for younger women. That's the part that really bothers me is I don't know why, but women on the left seem to think that she's like the bee's knees. Um, And I don't, it's pretty soon 24 turns into 44. And you're like, what have I done with my productive years? It's gone and I can't get it back. And now I'm damned to have no children, no legacy. And I'm going to die alone and get eaten by my cats, which is what is going to happen to Chelsea Handler. And that's the part that really bothers me is, look, if you want to be a miserable marm, great. But don't lie about it. Don't lie and tell people it's gratifying and satisfying. And I don't like the word gratifying. Gratifying is the wrong word. What Chelsea Handler is doing is self-gratification. No, but it's definitely not satisfying. You make a good point there. Uh, a decade from now, when uh, Chelsea Handler's biological clock is going to be sounding something like oh, Big it's, Ben it's at midnight. Um, oh, no. The, the the bell has rung there, I think. She, <laughs> oh, it's regardless of how much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's in her like, late-ish 40s. <laughs> oh, okay. What do I know? <laughs> she looks younger. How's that for my... We all do. Do you know what? I was talking about this the other day about Sam Smith, because it's pretty clear that that guy has sold his soul. And I just thought, you know, he doesn't drive a very hard bargain. Like you would oh. think that somebody who sold their soul would look a little better, like be a, a little bit more, but he just looks like a... He just is a disaster. Are you and, talking um, about that inflatable suit? Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, well, that's some sort of satanic balloon. Um, and again, like, I think it's pretty clear that he's he's um, walking over there. And I just think, you know, like, you maybe you get more in return. But he just he didn't. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Why? Um, I, I mean, he's not my cup of tea. But, you know, another one, Harry Styles, why this guy is always wearing dresses when he's a dude. And uh, I, I mean, one of his songs is one of the best songs that's come around in recent years, uh, Golden. It sounds, and I say that because it sounds like something from the 80s, you know, before music died. Uh, but what's his compulsion, do you think, Sheila, in, um, you know, getting into these uh, dresses uh, all the time? First of all, it just looks hideous. I got to tell you, whether you're male or female, I think. I don't know. I have... Uh... I have no idea, but we should uh, move along because we have uh, a few chats left in. I believe I am 11 minutes late Oh, for, for an interview, according Uh-oh. to my email that just went like, boop, and then my phone rang, and that is my interview saying, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> and I thought it was for one my time, but it is apparently for noon. Um, oh. So apologies, okay. Tom Harris from the International Climate Science Coalition. I'm going to wrap this up. I'll get to you right away. All right, so let's get to the um, chat. So we've got one from DRB1313, 10 bucks. There's clear evidence that alien life exists on Earth. Her name is Busty Lemieux. Do you think that's what, you think that's the best the aliens would send us? I'm not sure. By the way, on that note, I will have an update on Busty Lemieux being posted later today. And tomorrow, folks, uh, if you're in Burlington, uh, go to the Halden District School Board. They're going to present their interim report um, of whether or not they can have a dress code for faculty, much like they have a dress code for the students, much like they have a Halloween dress code, if you can believe it. I know the parents want to jam pack that place. I'd be there with them, except I'm banned for life. 
of the Austin <laughs> District School Board for asking Isn't impolite questions. So you I'll have to get it. Showing, you get banned for showing up at a school board meeting wearing fake boobs, but <laughs> you can show up for shop class wearing them. And they're like, welcome back to work, busty. Oh, isn't it amazing how these <laughs> educrats, Sheila, they're all down with that radical transgender revolution for the kids, that is. But when it comes up close and personal to their ivory tower, ooh, that's a little disturbing. What a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, yeah of course they are. They're fine to expose children to this stuff. Like <laughs> normal people would like parents say this, but I think most parents would do it like jump and in front of a car to save their child or run into a burning building to save their child. But these people, they would expose a child to fake boobs when they themselves would not be exposed to fake boobs. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Real heroes. Okay, let's keep going. Um, uh, Darla Afay gives us five bucks. When you burn vinyl chloride, it turns into phosphine gas. Phosphine gas is a chemical used during World War I that is now, according to the Geneva Convention, a prohibited gas because it is so lethal. Explains you the dead what? chickens, doesn't it? If that is indeed true, Sheila, and I have no reason to believe it isn't true, then how, through the building code process, did this get approved for house siding, given that, unfortunately, from time to time, houses do go on fire. Um, shouldn't that have disqualified that uh, material from the get-go? I, I don't know. I think maybe, and I'm only speculating here, is because uh, vinyl siding tends to melt and not like burst into flames. And so, I don't know, maybe it's less, less combustible, but also not great for you. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Aaron Burton 32 gives us 20 bucks and says, happy Valentine's day. My favorite rebels. Thank you for helping me stay sane. Awful nice. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Uh, then we've got, uh, okay. So we've got no more clips, but okay. So we've got no more, uh, chats, but we have this first video back from Lincoln J and Efron Monsanto on their upon their arrival in East Palestine, Ohio. So let's quickly show this before we wrap up the show. Sorry, Beautiful. Tom Harris from International Climate Science Coalition. I'll be with you shortly. <laughs> Lincoln J reporting for Rebel News. Now, as you can see by the sign beside me, we are in the village of East Palestine, Ohio. Now, this name may sound familiar to some of you as a train containing hazardous chemicals derailed and essentially all of those chemicals have spilled causing thousands of the residents here to evacuate who is to blame do the residents feel safe is it safe to be here right now that's what we're going to find out as we're here on the ground at the scene of the accident just last week, a major train derailment of 50 cars carrying very hazardous chemicals has resulted in thousands of people being evacuated by officials over the fear of the explosion setting off. Uh, it was a mess, a mess. Uh, we, I took my wife to the doctor and Coming back from the doctor, we couldn't even get back to our house. And we had no clothes, no medicine, nothing. We had to go to Youngstown to get a room. 
One of those chemicals is vinyl chloride, which is extremely toxic to humans. We're still very nervous about it um, because they keep coming up with contaminated water problems. And I don't know, I'm even half afraid to shop. Fast forward to today, the evacuation order has been lifted. We've already spoken to residents on the ground and many of them simply feel that there isn't much transparency here. My kids, um, we're just running in to grab something and then we're going back to grandma's house because they keep breaking out in rashes. Kids do. Yeah. So, so you kind of answered my next question. You don't, do you feel like it's safe here right now? I feel like we're not being told everything. I know something came out yesterday about them covering up contaminated soil when they rebuilt the railroad instead of pulling it out like they promised so but many of the residents are pointing the blame at norfolk southern the company responsible for the train do you think it's safe here right now i don't know they're uh they're they're to me they're keeping everything kind of hush hush you know they're not they're not telling everybody everything you know. Who's to blame? Who's responsible? The Joe Biden administration has been very quiet on one of the most serious and dangerous environmental disasters to date. The Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, spoke about the Chinese spy balloons instead of addressing the clear elephant in the room, the train derailment here in East Palestine. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic, We've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um. <laughs> My producer Efron and I have made the trip here from Toronto to East Palestine to show you guys the other side of the story, to talk to the residents here, to find out what exactly is going on. Is it safe to be here? We're going to be uploading all of our content to ohioexplosion.com. If you wanna support the journalism that we're doing down here, if you wanna support our travel costs so we can continue providing you guys the other side of the story, you can consider donating through that website, ohioexplosion.com. Stay tuned guys, and thank you. Well, Sheila, I sure look forward to uh, future reports from uh, Lincoln and Efren. And uh, wow, some of those images, you know, it was almost 10 years ago that we witnessed the Lac Megantique uh, yep. train derailment disaster in Quebec. And that's what came to mind when I saw some of those unbelievable uh, black clouds of God knows what going up into the atmosphere. Um, and you know, I uh, my heart breaks for the, the, those people that they uh, interviewed uh, there in East Palestine, they seem so down to earth. They're just everyday people that mm -hmm. want to get around with their lives. But it looks like to me, they're just being kept in the dark, Sheila. Yeah. Um, and again, I just look at this and they might be mad at the company, but who decided the controlled burn? Yeah. Controlled burn. It doesn't look very controlled. Um, yeah. I just, this is, uh, you know, I was going to say, um, this is Ohio. There are a gazillion fracking companies there with containment abilities to have done something with these chemicals. They never oh, called upon the private sector. I'm just thinking about like, I was thinking, oh, does Slumberger still work in Ohio? I think they sold all their fracking assets, but there are like roughly a hundred companies that work in the Marcellus 
Shale and Utica Shale in Ohio. Um, so they have, um, you know, booms to contain chemicals and spills. They build their own chemical lagoons. Yeah. There's a lot of private expertise that they could have called in to deal with this that they never did. Well, you know what? If that is indeed the case, Sheila, uh, I think the lad should pursue that uh, story lead uh, because the question is, if that expertise exists, why didn't you defer to it as opposed to a controlled burn that, as you said, looks like the antithesis of a controlled burn, looks pretty much out of control? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm just talking out of my uh, rear end, but if you have a chemical spill in Alberta, the company is no better to deal with a chemical spill than the government ever would. Um, they've got specific protocols and stuff. And this is something that has to be carefully mapped out um, in oil and gas projects. And I just think this is Ohio. This is fracking countries. Surely somebody could have come up with a better plan than just spark it up. Like, it just seems so crazy to me. Yeah, indeed. Um, anyway, I think, Olivia, are we all caught up? Okay, perfect. Again, if anybody wants to support the guys' trip to Ohio and to see all of their coverage as it comes in, it's at ohioexplosion.com. And we run things very frugally, folks. Um, oh, yeah. They drove they there drove. Uh, yesterday. Uh, they will not be staying in $6,000 a night rooms <laughs> if such a room exists in that part of Ohio. Uh, more like uh, 60 bucks at the Motel 6. So uh, we do not um, play recklessly with your money. Uh, we, we use it just to bring you these reports. And we are very responsible with our budgeting because, as you know, we don't receive a single dime from this Trudeau regime, nor would we accept it if offered. And that would be certainly a cold day in hell. Um, well, folks, uh, on this Valentine's Day, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to those who Extraterrestrial made Culture Day. Pardon me? <laughs> Extraterrestrial Culture Day, time to get oh. to know our new ET overlords, if we That's know what's right. good for and us. What was it? National <laughs> Library Lovers Day. So I guess you get the love and the Valentine's Day and the drag queen. It all somehow comes together as unholy alliance. Tidy little bow. <laughs> and thank you again to uh, super producer Olivia. I'll be back. Are you uh, joining me tomorrow, Sheila? I have no idea. Okay, I think then. it's well, I'll uh, definitely Drea, maybe. be here. I'll be here with a rebel personality. So in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane.